Welcome to the Mahabharat Podcast. He was the man at the epicenter. His entire life was a dilemma. His decisions could have changed everything. His indecision costed lives. It was he under whose watch the great battle of Kurukshetra had unfolded, giving rise to one of the greatest epics of all time. Dhritarashtra's father, the great and ancient sage Vyasa, in narrating the story that would be known as the great Bharata to the demigod Ganesh on the mountains of Badrinath with the backdrop of the snow-covered Himalayas chose to open with the morose lamentations of his dear child, Didrashtra, after he had failed to heed the countless counsels of the wise, who had pleaded with the king to avert war. Didrashtra, sitting in the empty royal hall of Hastinapur, vacated by his deceased sanctuary of sons, shares his lamentations, and the sage Vyas, opening with this, brings to bear the stark and harsh lessons in the art of leadership when reason is overwhelmed by sentiment. The name Didrashtra is composed of two Sanskrit words, the first being Dhrita, which means firm, stable or strong, and the second being Rashtra, which refers to a kingdom or a dominion. And so the name Didrashtra alludes to a personality or leader of a firm or strong kingdom. Didrashtra was the son of the sage Vyas and Princess Ambika of the kingdom of Kashi. Vyasa is also an avatar of God, whose name means compiler and is also known as the compiler of the Vedas, and hence his name Veda Vyas. It is said to be he who divided or compiled the Vedas from originally being one book into four. Vyasa 
was the son of the sage Parashar and a lady called Satyavati. Satyavati was the beautiful daughter of a fisherman who would help passers-by cross the Yamuna River near to her father's hut, which was said to be in what we now know as Kanpur. One day, the Lady Satyavati was chanced upon by the sage Barashar, who wanted to cross the river. In their interaction, sage Barashar, being impressed by Satyavati, wanted to bestow upon her a child, although she was a maiden. The child of the fisherman's daughter, Satyavati, and the sage Barashar was a boy and was named Krishna Dvaipayan Vyas. Krishna meaning one of dark hue and Dvaipayan meaning island born. Vyasa was of exceptional intelligence and of transcendent vision, of a stoic and highly renounced character. Dhritarashtra's mother was Princess Ambika of the kingdom of Kashi, known today as Varanasi or Benares, found in the north of India by the sacred Ganges River. So how did the unlikely union of a renounced sage, Vyasa, and the princess of Kashi, Ambika, come about? The answer has its roots tied with the famous king of Hastinapur at the time, King Shantanu, who belonged directly to the bloodline descending from the great king Guru. Shantanu's father was King Pratipa and he had three sons. Shantanu was the youngest amongst his brothers and his elder brothers were Devapi and Balika. Devapi, though first in line to the Kuru throne, had leprosy and from an early age renounced royal life and took to asceticism in the mountains, swearing never to rule. Bahalika, Shantanu's second brother, had decided again when he was younger to live with his maternal uncle. Eventually, Balika inherited his uncle's kingdom and had no interest in taking also the Kuru throne in Hastinapur. The youngest of the three sons of King Pratipa, Shantanu, was handsome, charming, as well as qualified to lead, and in an unlikely scenario ascended to the Kuru throne upon the death of his father. One day King Shantanu, whilst on a hunting expedition, came across the goddess Ganga whilst passing 
by that river, enamoured by her, and her too with him. After making the necessary arrangements and agreements, they had a son named Bhishma. Bhishma was educated amongst the celestials and was foremost amongst both warriors and scholars. He was naturally the most entitled by way of his bloodline coming from King Kuru down to King Pratipa and in turn to his father, Shantanu. Bhishma was also the most qualified leader on all counts that the Kuru line had ever had, and the anticipation of Bhishma to be the king of Hastinapur went all the way from the villages up through to the heavens. King Shantanu, whilst sporting by the Yamuna River, just as the sage Barashar had done in previous days, came across the daughter of the fisherman named Satyavati and fell deeply in love with her. Her father, the fisherman, on finding out this news, became reluctant to allow his daughter to marry Shantanu unless there was something in it for them, and he saw there the opportunity to enter into the world of royalty. Though a fisherman, he boldly demanded from the king, Shantanu, that if he were to permit the union of his daughter with the king, their eventual children will have the right to the throne of Hastinapur, to which King Shantanu, conscious of the prospect of his son to Ganga, named Bhishma, being in line to the throne, outright refused the fisherman his demand. Bhishma, finding out of his beloved father's heartbreak, in denying the fisherman of his desire, at the expense of him not being able to be with the woman he so loved, Bhishma visited the fisherman and swore to forsake his right to the throne of Hastinapur. Bhishma vowed to remain celibate for life, so that the children of his father, King Shantanu, and the lady Satyavati would be able to reign. So selfless was the sacrifice of Bhishma. His uncle Devapi had taken to celibacy and also renounced the kingdom in prior days. And now Bhishma, one generation later, would go on to do precisely the same. And so the fisherman's daughter, Satyavati, from having spent her early adulthood with a paddle, rowing small boats across the river Yamuna, activated through her unlikely union with the Kuru king, a nexus to one of the most powerful seats on the planet, to become the queen of Hastinapur and the Kuru kingdom, with a royal assurance from the most trustworthy and qualified source 
in Prince Bhishma that her offspring would take next to the throne. And in her union with King Shantanu, Satyavati soon gave birth to her second son, that after her son Vyasa, from her previous union with the sage Barasha. This first son of the union of Shantanu and Satyavati, and first crown prince and heir to the throne, was called Chitrangada. And after some time, their second son was also born and named Vichitravir. After the passing of King Shantanu through old age, the prince regent Chitrangada, the eldest son of Shantanu and Satyavati, had the great privilege of being the first king of Hastinapur, installed personally by his stepbrother, the great Bhishma. Chitrangada was boisterous and powerful in nature. He formed several successful conquests of neighboring lands to consolidate the Kuru rule. Being a king who liked to lead from the front, after pushing the limits of his expeditiousness, Chitrangada was killed by a powerful host of Gandharvas, the superhuman celestial race. And so rather quickly perished the first son of King Shantanu, Chitrangada. Chitrangada, the first heir to the throne, had been so dedicated, industrious and ambitious in his wartime exploits that he had not made the time to marry or have children. Chitrangada's younger brother, Vichitravir, his name meaning one of marvellous bravery or heroism, was a young teen when he was summoned to take to the throne by Bhishma. Being the last son of the late Shantanu, Vichitravir was the last in the direct bloodline of the Kurus. And Bhishma, cognizant of this, went to the kingdom of Kashi and arranged for Vichitravir's marriage to the princesses Ambika and Ambalika. With his royal maiden wives, Ambika and Ambalika, being exceedingly beautiful, and with Vichitravir in his teens entering adolescence, Vichitravir found himself consumed with his wives day and night. And so consumed was the young Vichitravir sitting on the throne, simultaneously feeling the royal familial pressure of being king, and that too with the most monumental mentor and guardian of the Kuru throne, Bhishma, watching over him to come of age and to rule well. And this pressure, coupled with the prospect of the comforting company of his wives, posed a juxtaposition 
that Vichitravir was unable to navigate with balance. Within a few years, being in a very unhealthy physical and mental condition due to the dilemmas and attachments to his wives that he found himself plagued with, the young king tragically left his body. When the news of her dear child's passing reached Satyavati, she was filled with a combination of grief and confusion. So adamantly and so stubbornly had her father sought the promise of King Shantanu and then of the crown prince Bhishma with the ambition and hope that the son of Satyavati would one day become the king of Hastinapur. Satyavati's two sons, Chitrangada and Vichitravir, were dead long before reaching their middle age. There then too was a second and more important dilemma that stood before the administration of Hastinapur. With the passing of the young king, Vichitravir, the Kuru bloodline for succession to the throne had almost certainly ended. There was only one hope, Bhishma. If only he would avoid his vow of celibacy and his promises to the fisherman and his father, Shantanu, never to take to the throne. Knowing of the emergency nature of the situation and of the level of qualification to be king of Bhishma, Satyavati pleaded with him to abandon his vow again and again, but to no avail. Bhishma was a man of his word and refused every time. Satyavati then asked for the audience of her first son, the sage Vyasa. Perhaps there was something he could do. There was an ancient Vedic practice known as Niyoga, where the brother of a deceased husband could procreate with the widowed wives should there be the need for the marriage to be consummated. Was this something Vyasa would agree to do, in spite of him being a sage and a renunciate? After much discussion between mother and child, Queen Satyavati and the sage Vyasa, and also some disagreement between the two, over timing, with Vyasa suggesting that they wait for some time for him to complete his recently started ascetic pursuits and get into the frame of mind for procreation. But with the queen Satyavati being insistent 
that time was of the essence. They concluded that Vyasa would impregnate both wives of his stepbrother Vichitravir without any delay. The sage Vyas, who was in rugged garb representing externally his internal mindset of material renunciation, and was emaciated, first approached the princess Ambika in her quarters. And the princess, being terrified at the sight of the sage and the prospect of conceiving by him, closed her eyes in a deep sense of fright. Given this fearful state of mind at the time of conception, Princess Ambika gave birth to the eldest son, Tedrashtra, who was therefore born blind from birth. Sage Vyas then impregnated the second wife of his stepbrother Vichitravir, Princess Umbalika. Umbalika was scared at the sight of the sage and went on to give birth to a child who was pale as a result of her fear. And he was named Pandu, meaning one of pale hue. Sage Vyasa, being conscious of the shortcomings of the previous two births, given the nature of intercourse with the two princesses, impregnated Barishrami, a servant lady, to give birth to the highly noble Vidur. And thus the three births of Didrashtra, Bandhu and Vidur, with the paternal line being that from the sage Parashar and Lady Satyavati, the daughter of a fisherman, and the maternal line originating from the kingdom of Kashi, were in a desperate response to a vacated throne at Hastinapur. And most importantly, they mark the ending of the Kuru bloodline, with King Vichitravir being the last Kuru that would ever sit on the throne of Hastinapur. And every king that would follow, be it Pandu or Dhritarashtra or Duryodhan or Yudhishthir, would be from a line quite separate from the ancestral Kuru line. With such a chaotic unfolding of events at the very beginning of the Mahabharata, what would be in store for the kingdom of Hastinapur? And what would the newly formed dynasty deviating from the Kuru bloodline that found itself the custodians of the throne under the supervision of Bhishma, the last remaining individual from the Kuru line, 
bring to its people, its allies, through those who Bhishma would try his very best to keep united.